You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We're continuing our coverage of Nip Tuck. We're about to head into uh, season one, episode three, and that's Nanette Babcock, which uh, premiered, well, first first aired on TV on August the fifth, two thousand and three. So uh, yeah, a little while ago now. Um, so I mean, to kick things off, uh, yeah, this is Nick. You're listening to Nick, and um, I am not going to stick my dick in that crypt keeper. Crypt keeper. <laughs> and my name is Ben. And if you have any questions about sex, for example, how to find and stimulate the clitoris, you come to me. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't I'm steal that, that one. Like- <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I mean, I think we're really keeping with the theme of this, that it's a filthy show, <laughs> yeah. so our, our entrance should be equally as filthy. Every single episode. So how, you doing? how you doing, Ben? Oh, I'm good, Nick. I'm, I'm doing well. I, I enjoy this episode. This is a, it's a, it's a interesting episode to talk about, and um, again, plenty of heavy, heated stuff, and we're only three episodes in to a brand new show. I mean, yeah. you mentioned about the fact that it, yeah, first aired in 2003, I mean, it just... Going back to 16-year-old Ben watching this show when it first airing, and three episodes in, we're dealing with, again, heavy, heated stuff involving suicides and, you know, everything else in between. So, yeah, I I am Absolute. just, I am in disbelief to think that this made it through everything, but I'm glad that we get to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, uh, you know, just to kick things off and, and keeping it light to start with, we start with a uh, Michael Jackson impersonator. <laughs> yes, it's so, you kind of expect that, don't you? Like a show that deals with plastic surgery, there's got to be some sort of Michael Jackson reference. I, I thought it was Matt, to be honest, first of all, but um, it, it wasn't, clearly. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I've always thought Matt looked a little bit like Michael Jackson. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, just a weird throwaway that you start with this Michael Jackson that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, and then we kind of kick off into um, Mrs. Grubman, who kind of does have more to do with the rest of the episode. Mm, I, I do love the uh, <laughs> the bit where he's the Michael Jackson guy is like, oh, he's such a beautiful person, and then Christian writes a delusional, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> Liz's little throwaway, you know, I loved you in the Whiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just you know, and I just love how how just love how Mrs. Babcock wanders in like uh, not Mrs. Babcock, sorry, <laughs> Mrs. Grubman, who just who wanders in like she owns the place, and um, you know, Christian has to pretend that uh, you know she's his favourite customer, which I'm pretty sure isn't the case. Mm, it's, I mean, even before everything happens this episode. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it sets it up, doesn't it? And I mean, I love how it kind of starts. You know, we've obviously ended the last episode with Matt chopping his dick off. And, um, it's like, we've kind of forgotten about that pretty quickly, haven't we? Unless, again, as you said, you know, there's Michael Jackson, it's Matt, he's just sitting there in the chair, but hey, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we shouldn't bury the lead, because then we get straight into what's happening with Matt, and I just love, you know, like him and Shauna in the toilet, you know, checking what damage he's done to himself. And I just, I, I love and hate the line where Sean looks at it and kind of says something along the lines of, you've, you've cut a chunk out of your foreskin and lacerated your urethra. I mean, if that doesn't make every guy who's watching this just like cross his legs straight away, yep. um, that something's wrong with you. It's, it's, and it's weird because the way it ended, you know, he's passed out from the blood. And then to me, he's a little bit too calm because as you said, like he's, he's cut the urethra as well. Like, ouch. I mean, I'm sure you've seen yeah. there's something about Mary in the opening scene when he pulls the zip up. <laughs> um, and, I mean, he's yeah, exactly. been rushed to hospital in that much pain. And here's old Matt yeah. just like, oh, you know, cool, pretty casual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I read a story the other day, which was an, an actual case of this guy who was um, having some pretty frantic sex with his girlfriend and broke his penis. Ouch. And um, he and uh, they had photos of it, which I wish I hadn't looked at because it was <laughs> horrifying. And um, he had to part of the recoveries. He had to get circumcised, which I thought was quite interesting after having watched these couple of episodes. Wow! I, I, how does that work? Do I want to know? Like, you have to get circumcised as part of the recovery. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've I've got no idea about that. But basically, it kind of like snaps like a carrot, you know. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not a pretty sight. I don't recommend you go and look up that news story. Mm, uh, yeah, I, I kind of think I won't. Uh, I remember looking up um what was that really famous case in the 90s where the woman chopped her boyfriend's oh yeah Lorena yeah, yeah and um you know there was that image floating around of her his chopped off penis i mean he went on to be a porn star didn't he like franken penis or something like that because he got yeah, it sewed yeah. back on <laughs> yeah why not yeah no totally yeah no so i mean um following on from that it's like basically right well we're gonna have to circumcise you now so that's kind of the you know, that story's going to come to an end in this episode, but that's kind of setting up the beginning of the end, I guess. And um, we move pretty quickly into um, Christian and... Um, oh, I've already forgotten her name. That's that's how that's how forgettable she is. Um, Grace. Grace, Grace yeah, exactly. Um, Who? Uh, the, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, doing, doing the consult with Nanette, and basically she is somebody who... Um, is very unhappy with the way she looks and, and wants to look good for her school reunion. And um, they they recognise pretty quickly that um, she's maybe got a few other things going on. Um, and, you know, she's on some, some medication, which is probably not helping with the situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty... It's very heavy-handed how they deal with her. And, I mean, I don't know kind of how you feel about, about her character because, I mean, it's kind of one of these ones where really... You feel sorry for her, but then again, it's kind of like she's obviously gone off the medication and she's she's very crazy, as we kind of ultimately find out. But, I mean, a lot of that does come down purely to the medication and it's, you know, it's just, it's... I, I mean, I, I have to say, I, I feel incredibly sorry for her just with how she, she's going through it all and all these kind of things. And, you know, she thinks, obviously, it's a bit of a quick fix. I mean, my, my thing with it is she does leave it very late. If her reunion's in a month... Um, you know, is is it basically she's only thinking of this because she's off the medication? I mean, would, did she not think of doing this before when she was on it? Because I'm thinking, like, you know, as you hear her saying a lot, like, oh, the recovery time, I'm barely going to, you know, ha- cover up the bruises. To have that amount of surgery and to expect to go to your school reunion in a month, uh, you know, I, I would assume she would have planned for this a little bit early, but I'm guessing that has to do with the fact that she's gone off her medication. Yeah, I guess so. And I and potentially there's a whole thing around, you know, where she getting the money to do this and maybe she hasn't been able to finance it until now, whatever it might be. Um, but I think we, you know, it's a shame we only get her for one episode, really, because there's a lot going on there. Um, yeah. And, you know, it is a pretty compelling character. So it would have been interesting to see more. But I think they do a really good job of kind of telling the story in, in one episode and kind of wrapping it up really well. Um, and still being kind of really respectful to her story, and you know, I think they do a really good service to her, which is which is really cool. Um, so then we kind of cut back to this kind of beeline story, which is kind of like the comedy story about you know the the, the Florida police coming around to Julia because they've you know it's been reported by the plumber about her you know flushing Mister Frisky down the toilet, and you know this takes this takes Sean completely by surprise. He just you know. He says something along the line, I'm not even allowed to put a bug zapper up. 
and all of a sudden, you know, she's, he's finding out, you know, from this police officer, basically, or whatever he is. Is he a police officer? I don't know. I think he, but, you he know, says police, that, Miami police. Yeah. Officer Stone, Miami police I've written down here, so. Yeah, it seems really weird that they would be sending police around to, to investigate this issue, but, you know, it is what it is. And so we kind of, it's kind of weird. It kind of just gets chucked in there because they go back to Matt, you know, before the, the surgery and all that, but. Anyway, we, we move past that and into, you know, these two men who are talking about the surgery and basically they end up deciding to swap patients, um, you know, that uh, Christian's going to perform the circumcision on Matt and um, uh, Sean's going to be doing Mrs. Grubbin's tummy tuck and obviously this is going to have some implications, thankfully not for Matt, uh, but for Mrs. Grubman down the road. Yeah, I mean, ultimately maybe we're lucky that uh, Sean didn't do the surgery because he would have left like a tip in his perhaps i'm not too sure but uh, i mean just just on the on the policing the thing that sort of intrigues me about this is that i mean i think in a way it's kind of done just to bring that flashback of like oh shit they're gonna get caught for the alligator murder but i mean if he's a police officer i mean he's in plain clothes in a suit to me that means he's a detective because i'm sure you know why isn't he in uniform does the the Florida or the Miami police really not have that much going on for them that they've got to send a detective around to a house to investigate the murder of a gerbil? Um, and I love how he kind of starts <laughs> off and he's like, we take it very seriously at the Florida police about animal murder, but it's not actually a crime. It's only a misdemeanor. So it will be a $5,000 fine or anger management class. <laughs> like, it's so, it is a weird thing to kind of like, and this is maybe going back to what we we're saying in the other episodes. Like, we don't want to nitpick, but I mean, this is kind of stupid if you analyze it because i mean really this is it's almost it's almost like the actor was was promised like a walk-on <laughs> part from somebody and you know like this was the bit that was just going to tie it all together and yeah it's kind of like that's the end of that little story yeah. um you know it's you know other than kind of sean's you know surprised that this has happened and kind of shocked but it's kind of like just like all right let's just tidy this little story up and brush it under the, the rug and i think I think in the early days of the show, it's a little bit concerned with tying up all the loose ends and every little story they tell. And, you know, as we go along, you'll see that that becomes less and less important to them. But, yeah. you know, like in these early stages, I think that they're really, really keen to just every little beat in the story, they want to just tie it up. Definitely. I mean, it's kind of... I feel there was maybe a deleted scene or it was extended because, I mean, especially when we get the whole $5,000 final anger... Was it animal anger management class... Um, <laughs> that's a thing apparently that Ace, in Florida. Ace Ventura takes that. Yeah, time. well, exactly. And I mean, well, the, yeah. the first Ace Ventura was in Miami, wasn't it? So, you know, he's probably there. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen CSI Miami. I've seen Dexter. They've got some pretty serious crimes happening in the Miami area. <laughs> Clearly, it's a slow day for them if they're investigating the death of a gerbil. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the switch, obviously, the surgery switch, that's a, that's a pretty big deal because, I mean, that obviously leads to what uh, we're about to see. Um, but I, I do love, I, I love, uh, Sean's line, which if you had stolen my opening line, my backup line was when he says, I've got a son who tried to cut off his penis, a wife who killed a gerbil. It's like I've moved back into hell house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is true. <laughs> yeah. Some of these lines just, you know, out of context are pretty hilarious. Mm. It's, um, yeah. But these guys, you know, like, yeah, it, 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 you know, it's all kind of pretty, um, well cut and you know you see some some more kind of uh, luckily we don't see much of the mat surgery because i don't think anyone wants to see that <laughs> no. but we see a lot of the tummy tuck which is you know is, is obviously going to come back later in the episode but it's also like a really cool scene of showing how that's done and it's um 
again, pretty graphic, keeping in line with how the show does things. But, um, you know, they wrap that up and then they come out, have this discussion about, um, you know, the blood work that's come back from um, Nanette Babcock and decide, no, we're not going to. We're not going to go ahead because, um, you know, there's, there's too much going on here. And, you know, obviously Christian and Sean are fighting a little bit over, you know, Grace has made that call and um, Christian's not happy about that. Um, he doesn't want to be kind of undercut by her. Um, and um, obviously somebody then has to make the call and, and let this poor girl know that, no, we're not going to be doing the surgery now. Just uh, the song we, we mentioned, I think, in the last episode about wanting to know the songs during the surgery. There's actually a great website I found where it tells you the songs uh, from them. And uh, so this one was the Blue Danube Waltz, OP314. Uh, so we had some classical music during this surgery. Apparently, it's from True Lies. I, I haven't seen True Lies in a while, so that's what it's got here in brackets. But yeah, I mean, we kind of, I guess, gelled over a little bit with... Uh, so when you mentioned Nanette Babcock with Grace was in there, I mean, that was obviously... Christian had no idea that Grace was, you know, there because we still had, was it, Dr. Pendleton Marvin Munro. Um, yes. Yeah. We, we had that throwaway line, though, which I don't know if, again, was there something that we missed or was this really gelled over when um, Christian said about we have already have one and Sean basically said, I fired him because he was racist. Did we? Did I miss something here? Was Marvin Munro racist? Yeah, no, I'm not entirely sure what that was about either. Mm, I just, I, I just, I didn't know if there was something maybe that I gelled over. I just missed. I nearly actually went back to see that the scene when he got fired. Maybe if somebody's listening, they can tell us if we missed there. But yeah, it, it's interesting. I've written here that Christian always seems to get blamed for things, but Sean equally in this earlier part of the show, he's fucking up a fair bit as well as we're about to see with the surgery. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of it's interesting how it goes there. And, I mean, Christian obviously wants to do the surgery on, on Nanette, and uh, obviously Grace is the one basically turning it down, and Sean kind of um, uh, teams up basically there. But it's, um, yeah, I like this dynamic. I, I, I You know, for Grace, you know, the most forgettable main character ever in the history of Nip Tuck, I, I do have to say that I love the kind of the relationship she has with Christian. I mean, we, you know, we'll see how that develops, of course, across this season. But from the memorable parts of Grace, which there really aren't any, I do like how she interacts with Christian and it sets it up very well sort of early on here. The fact that, um, I, I mean, I think I'm jumping ahead here, but particularly the scene when Christian's all like, you know, you haven't been here long enough and just slams the door in her face. Like, it's just, uh, I, I do enjoy their kind of their their relationship, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, they're bumping up towards something there, which is um, which is really interesting. And, of course, obviously, you know, after this whole thing, Christian ends up making the call and then heads out to his car only to find it's been trashed. Mm. One thing I just want to point out, and, again, uh, I think we need to bookmark the line here, and this might be a bit of a spoiler for future seasons, maybe not, uh, when uh, Nanette Babcock decides to yell at Christian, I hope you get cancer, and hangs up on him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just going to have to say it here. I blame Nanette Babcock for the future storyline that we have in about season five, season six. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all her fault. Yep. So any any um anything that we feel uh, you know any sympathy we feel for her is all going to be um, quickly forgotten. <laughs> yes. when we get to that. Yep. But uh, yeah, the, the car, like, I mean, that's it's. It's, I, I kind of like this sort of mystery plot because I, I remember when I rewatched this a couple of years ago, I think I even forgot who did it. 
Um, but I, I love the fact that, you know, it becomes a bit of a thing for a while, doesn't it? Because I mean, initially, straight away, like, oh, clearly it's Nanette. Um, yeah. But, I mean, look, again, we're not going to spoil who it ultimately turns out to be. Uh, but, I mean, that, that they've gone to a lot of work, too, to destroy that car. Like, my God, that is a, that is a lot of crap. And the... Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the sort of the guy who's there and is like, you know, no, oh, no, man, it's total. You can't fix this. Um, and like, you know, I mean, Christian had a beautiful Ferrari in the first episode. Now he's got this car. I mean, how many cars does Christian own? We're about to see in the uh, next episode, aren't we? He's, he's oozing over another car. So, um, he's, he's a car man, Christian. Why not? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, it goes along with being the, the fancy plastic surgeon, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we head on off to, um, back to, um, Matt and, uh, you know, the, the beautiful Kate Mara who are hooking up. Um, and, um, of course, you know, Sean walks in and uh, wants to know if he's urinated or not. <laughs> that, is, that is the best buzzkill ever. Like, you know, you're, you're getting it on with your girlfriend and your dad walks in. Matt, have you urinated yet? <laughs> and then offers to hold his hand. Yes. I, I, I love... Like, it gets even worse. I love Kate Mara's, um her reaction. Buzzkill later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, can we just point out, can we just point out, not even the best scene in this entire episode of Kate Mara in a cheerleader's outfit. But let's just sit on that. Kate Mara in a yeah, cheerleader oh. outfit. That's enough all we need to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and of course, you know, the whole reason for this is that it's the first time he's peed after the operation. <laughs> and um, as Sean says, it's going to feel like you're pissing fire, which is, you know. Um, yeah. You know, good language. And um, sure enough, you know, when he does piss fire, he does want somebody to hold his hand. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love how he's like, "Oh shit, it's coming!" Hand like, and it's, it's. I, I think it's actually, it's a weirdly sweet moment between Matt and Sean. Like this real sort of bond. Like, I mean, all we've kind of seen of Matt and Sean is, you know, Matt basically saying he's got a deadbeat dad. He's not there all the time. But now he we've kind of got this nice little bit where, you know, uh, what does Sean say? Oh, she's a hard body, Matt, future prom queen. And then kind of it's like yeah, a, hard a hard body. body. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel awkward if my dad <laughs> said to a girl that I'm seeing, she's a hard body. Uh, and then um, there's a little bit there when he's talking about dancing and kind of, you know, Matt's like, oh, I can't dance. And, oh, you know, well, you don't need to. It's about this, that, and everything else. And I don't know. I just think it's a real nice little sweet moment between father and son, which is happening while Matt is holding his penis in his hand trying to pee. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just goes along with the show that nothing's ever just a nice moment. It always has to involve genitalia. <laughs> yes, there's always there's always a penis involved in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then we're off to Christian getting his car fixed and finds out that uh, Mrs. Grubman's organised for, you know, another surgery. And, um, you know, cut to him and her having an argument over the phone. She's at the airport. And, boy, all hell breaks loose here. Now, did you pick up on her uh, reference on the phone when she's like, oh, I need surgery because I've got a gig next month or a benefit with Blaine Trump? I don't know if you caught that reference or... Oh, no. Now, I had to look up Blaine Trump because you hear the name Trump now in 2017 and it's got a whole other meaning. Now, apparently Blaine Trump is a socialite who was married to Donald Trump's brother, Robert uh, they've since gotten divorced, but uh, she took the Trump name, and yeah, so there you go. She was Donald Trump's uh, sister-in-law for some part there. So right. there you go. Yeah, that's what you do. But I, I, I like this whole. Thing. I like. I mean, I went to Miami, but I didn't go to the Miami airport. I sort of I drove there from Orlando, so I've never seen the Miami airport. But you see this airport constantly throughout Nip Tuck, and. 
again, I, I, I highly doubt that's what the Miami airport looks like. I mean, I think most of this is filmed in Los Angeles, so uh, it's, you know, not quite what it looks like. But it's a very relaxed, casual-looking airport for, you know, such a big city like Miami. And I know this is post-9-11, but even post-9-11, that security is very tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and you know that whole that whole scene where she like gets off the phone and just like, oh, I can't be bothered with us, and you know we've got a runner. Yep. And they take off after her, and um, you know, like smash cut to her like in a neck brace in their office. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and obviously this this um cautery tip's been left in her in her stomach after the the tummy tuck, and yeah, it's um she wants ten million dollars, you know, as you do. Yep. Sure. And um, yeah, yeah. This is um, putting a bit of a damper on things. I, I do like the scene after we get um, with uh, Christian, Sean, and Liz, and the, you know straight away blaming Liz, and then obviously we find out it was yeah, Sean yeah, yeah. and Liz once again. Just I, I love Liz's you know anger. Liz getting angry is awesome, and she's like, "I am resigning." Yeah. And you know, that just storm out. Yeah, it's like, yeah. "No, you're not. No, you're not." Um, but. Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I mean, again, this is something that happens in real life. People sadly get instruments left in them, um, and you know, it just happens to be on the one person they don't want to. This is going to bankrupt them, basically. Uh, and again, going back to what I was saying, like Christian generally gets to blame for fucking up. It's Sean who's fucked up again. So, yeah. you know, yeah. early on, if we were keeping count of this three episodes in, I think Sean's fucked up more than Christian at this point. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be a bit of a running theme as well. That you know he he kind of sees himself as the better surgeon, and um, but you know he gets humbled quite often in the show, and um, you know through mistakes he makes or issues that he has, um, that they kind of try and you know they bring Sean down quite a bit, and it's interesting that they do that as often as they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you know we have this whole thing about what are we going to do, you know, and um. You know, it's it's a bit of an interesting situation. You know, what are they going to do, really? It, um, yeah, like, and obviously we know the the outcome, kind of how it goes with uh with uh Mrs. Grubman and getting sort of lifetime surgery for free. I mean, for somebody like her, I, I I'm kind of surprised she just didn't go for that route straight away. I mean, obviously we find out why she's kind of doing the whole ten million dollar thing and all that sort of stuff, but um. You know, I mean, I would assume for someone who we ultimately find out very soon has all the money in the world, um, I guess it's more of a, of a power thing, isn't it? You know, rather than uh, ultimately what she wants and gets, which is free surgery for life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's all a bit of a game to her. And, um, you know, it's this whole thing. Of, you know, it, it kind of then just turns into, you know, the two of them kind of like who's to blame for this and... You know, as as he says, you now your fingerprints are all over the crime scene. You know, like it, it's an interesting way of putting it, really. Mm, yeah, and it's um, yeah, I mean, this is going back to I think we mentioned in uh, one of our previous episodes about Mrs. Grubman. I mean, just such a great side character, uh, you know, a recurring character, and um, you know, she she's awesome. And I, I think this is is this her starring episode, or is it ultimately down the line when she she sings? I mean, that's a great episode when we get that one. Um, but you know, this is this is really. Our first, you know, I, mean, I guess Kimber counts, but I mean, our first real introduction to a recurring character who who really does, I guess, become part of, you know, going back to what you were saying in the very first episode, hey, we've got so few characters in the show who are in it for more than 50 episodes, but the, the ones who are in it for, you know, uh, the amount of episodes they are, they still just put a massive stamp on this show. And uh, look, I, I don't know the total number off hand of how many uh, Mrs. Grubman's in, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, 
a memorable a memorable time on the show by her and i'm just trying to also get the name of the actress you think i'd have this uh right in front of me i'll find it in a second but um she certainly is one of the the most memorable recurring ruth, ruth, williamson. ruth williamson there we go six episodes ruth. two she was in yep and um yeah i, th- I think it's quite interesting because i think she serves that really interesting purpose of being a you know that, that kind of pro pro typical kind of older women who can't stop getting plastic surgery to look young, you know, like, it's that, it's that, you know, they use, um, um, oh, what's the name, the, you know, the, the famous person that they, you might Oh, Joan Rivers, Joan um, Rivers, you know, the, Joan Rivers. Yeah, they, yeah. they use, they use Joan Rivers, they actually have her on the show for a little while. Oh, yeah. And, um, but, you know, but Mrs. Grubman is kind of like the the Joan Rivers before they had Joan Rivers on the show. Yeah, and then that's kind of going back to what we're saying about Michael, like the Michael Jackson, uh, you know, impersonator. Like, I mean, you, you think of plastic surgery, you think of certain famous, and Michael Jackson clearly is number one. But like, you know, Joan Rivers, like the fact too that she was willing to appear on the show. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but um, you know, and basically take the piss out of herself. I mean, it, it's great. So yeah, I mean, she is that aging socialite who you know needs to stay. Uh, relevant, I guess, and um, you know she she plays it she plays it perfectly. Ruth Williamson, you know, you star you. Yeah, exactly. And um, so moving on from that, we then head to this bizarre scene. You know, if you've got a patient that you're worried about that um, you know might have some some mental health concerns, the thing you're going to do is go around to her house alone. Um, but this is exactly what happens with Grace. You know, she heads around to Nanette's house and finds you know just these like hundreds if not thousands of photos of, you know, models on the wall and gets confronted by Nanette in this, you know, pretty intense way with a knife. Um, I mean, does this make any sense going around to somebody's house, you know, unaccompanied when you think they might have some mental health concerns? Yeah, uh, not really. I mean, this is the thing. Sean's meant to deal with it and he kind of does that throwaway line where he's like, I'll deal with it with Grace. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I don't... And she's a psychologist too, so... I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe, again, they, I guess they didn't necessarily get a full vibe of how, quote, crazy she was, except maybe for the throwaway line of, I hope you get cancer. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of, it is a freaky scene. And, and the actress, Lindsay Hollister, she does it so well. Just kind of, you see her and this wall of all the, the pretty women and, you know, just the way she kind of handles the situation, like... You know, um, you know, I hate girls like you and basically saying about, um, you know, when I ha- offer money and I get rejected, that is personal. Um, which again, I kind of just goes for the fact that she's playing this completely crazy person, but I just can't help but feel sorry for her. I, again, I don't know if that's just me, but I really do feel sorry for the poor woman. Yeah. And I think probably, the, you know, the other thing too is that they keep, having these close-up shots of the knife and her kind of pointing the knife and you think oh my god where is this going you know and you know you don't put anything past this show you know it's possible anything could happen here and um the fact that grace even gets out of that alive is you know something of a surprise um but you know they're really setting up that this person has a lot of issues that can't be solved through plastic surgery and i guess that's you know getting to some of the bigger themes of the show is that you know it's a show about surgeons and it's about you know what plastic surgery does to people but there's also that deeper thing that you know just changing your looks doesn't change who you are and you know this is a really early case of that you know that this person has some much deeper issues than than how they look 
physically that can't be just changed by, you know, going under the knife. Yeah, and I, I mean, it kind of was interesting, actually, when you're saying about well, you wouldn't put it past a, you know, her to attack Grace or even kill Grace. I mean, and this is nothing against Grace Santiago. I mean, again, we've said she's the most pointless main character of all time, but, I mean, it, it almost would have been a, an interesting way to go about it if they had just killed her off straight away. And, like, you know, here it is, like, shocking, bang, there you go. Um, but at least she, I guess, would have had closure as a character and not just disappear into the nip-tuck abyss and we never know what happened to her since so yeah well exactly i mean it's um at least we've had had closure on her storyline which we certainly don't get but um you know we we strangely move on from that scene without any real closure in itself and um we end up um you know with with sure sorry christian off to visit mrs grubman to try and make everything okay but you know and um you know I've got to say, if, you know, if I was pissed off at Christian and he gave me a little neck massage, you know, who knows what might happen there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you there. Why not? If Julie McMahon is giving me a neck massage, like, why not? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting scene again. Uh, I mean, it's kind of... Christian, you know, you kind of you, you get this implication that here he is, he's just using his charm. This is what he does. Um, but then it's kind of like when finally uh, she's being a bit more suggestive, he's kind of like he just stops for a moment. Um, which it, it's it's this is just an interesting take on the character of Christian Troy because I I guess kind of probably in this lead up to this moment you are just assuming he's just gonna fuck her because that's just what he does but he kind of he stops like even Christian Troy has boundaries you know um but I like the scene I love yeah uh, I mean it's interesting because you know he goes through this whole thing where he is you know kind of telling her that you know his work's done with her she's perfect and the <laughs> masterpiece and blah 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 and you know she calls out immediately you know that. He's a liar, and I'm glad she does because it comes across as so funny. Oh yeah, you know, like it's you know, uh, you know, he's he. It's not bad acting on his part. He's he's acting that way, and you know, it's coming across as completely unbelievable. And you know, she calls it calls him on it, which is great. I, I love the little the line there when um she offers him a drink and he's just like absolute neat. Like I'm a vodka drinker. I love absolute, but like does he happen to know that she's just got that brand? Like, is he going to be that anal and be like, oh, this isn't absolute. I asked for absolute. Like, Would you just not say vodka? Neat. But I suppose absolute's the fancy brand, so why not? Well, that's something to maybe keep an eye on because I'm pretty sure that that is his thing throughout the show, isn't it? That he always always talks about absolute vodka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, look. I could be wrong about Classy that. people like us, Nick, uh, you know, classy Australians drink absolute vodka. That's That's what we do. Yeah, exactly. No doubt about hashtag, that. So hashtag we, sponsor know, us, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nip Tuck um, preview shows are brought to you by Absolute. Yes, we are drinking Absolute Vodka right now. We are tanked. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. absolutely. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get this um, this real quick scene where the, the, the guys are discussing you know what they're going to do, but let's let's not um, let's not waste too much more time before we get to Matt walking oh. on on two chicks, mate. Oh, like look, yeah, whatever. Stick my dick in the crypt keeper, fantastic, great. But who gives a shit? Uh, we are at arguably maybe the greatest scene in the history of Nip Tuck. Uh, <laughs> just Matt, like it's weird watching this scene because there are so many things about it that kind of don't make sense, like. How does Matt just automatically get in? Like, Vanessa doesn't lock a door. There's loud music playing. We've got the pom-poms on there. I mean, obviously, I think we know, like, uh uh-oh, she's cheating on Matt. Like, this isn't good. Um, And I think you can kind of tell by him that he's a bit suspicious. You're not expecting it to be with, you know, another cheerleader. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, biggest, my biggest thing here, again, I've watched certain movies. If you walk in on two cheerleaders making out, you generally don't go, oh, and walk away. You generally walk in and join in. Uh, but um, clearly we get that later on. But it's, oh, like that scene... It's just, I, I'm not even kidding, I've rewound that scene so many times. and That's our episode card. That that picture is on our episode card on our website, people. There's no question about what else is going <laughs> yeah. on in this episode card. I need that on my computer. But, um, yeah, this scene, wow. Just, um, wow. <laughs> but again, I mean, again, you know, going back to what we were talking about last time, hashtag poor man. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we should really point that out. Hashtag poor Matt, of course. Uh, but uh, there's, there's maybe just something I mean, about think- this, though, that I can't use that hashtag because, again, if I'm walking in on two cheerleaders making out, I'm not really feeling sorry for him in a way. Like, I know his girlfriend's cheating on him, but, again, like, I'm sure if your girlfriend is in a cheerleader's outfit and you walked in on her making out with another cheerleader, part of you is kind of not going to be as upset as you walked in and she's with the football player. Yeah, he's um he's he's not slow to leave the room, I suppose. Yeah, well, exactly. If this was 2017, he'd get the phone out, maybe, and take a quick little photo. <laughs> but yes, hashtag poor exactly. Matt. Hashtag poor Matt, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so um, mo- moving on to um, other interesting sex scenes. Well, this isn't a sex as much, but, you know, Christian's obviously gone to this fundraiser with Mrs. Grubman, and, it, you know, it's all part of the deal to kind of get her to drop the lawsuit, and, and he walks in in his tux, and... Yeah, this this gets pretty weird pretty quickly. Straight away, can we point out, going back to what we talked about earlier in these recaps, uh, Julian McMahon, James Bond alert, wow. Um, he he pulls that off very good. Uh, and uh, I don't know how Julian, old Julian McMahon is now. He's probably, uh, sadly, a little bit too old for James Bond if, if Daniel Craig decides to slip those wrists and not uh, continue going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, he pulled that off very well, just that look. But it is a strange scene, isn't it? Because you, you kind of, you weird it out because you kind of just know. I mean, I remember watching this with a friend and she's just this whole time like going, ew, no, no, like, ew, don't yeah, do it, yeah. don't do it. And, um, yeah. but, and it weird- I do love the bit where she says to him, you know, do you want the lights yeah. on or off? He's like, off, he's just, straight he's away. Straight away, off. He's <laughs> like doesn't even hesitate, yeah. um, but it ends up it ends up like a really sweet scene. Strangely enough, and this is again Christian, the complexity of his character. He just goes from this that, and he just 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 the way he's like you know straight away like oh what's wrong when she's crying? I mean he's a woman who's basically blackmailing him to sleep with her. At this point, you know, he could easily just be like, well, fuck you, I'm leaving. But no, he he switches it on. He's genuinely concerned for her. And, you know, we get this, obviously, this very sweet scene, you know, I haven't been touched by another man in 12 years. And just, you know, the whole little moment where she's like, my favourite part is, like, going to sleep and you telling me everything's going to be okay. And, oh, it's just just something so sweet about this really creepy scene that you're just so worried about. But, nope, it it turns out very well. Yeah, I mean it's um it's kind of the culmination of this this little story, really, isn't it? That um, you know, she kind of shows her vulnerability, and 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 you know, he's he's he does listen to her. He doesn't just laugh or or walk away, you know. And he's obviously not putting it on at this point. He's being very genuine with her, and yeah, you do you get this this nice little moment, and um, it's really cool. And I think that's what's really cool about the show is that even these characters who you you kind of you know they annoy you. 
they still all have these moments where you kind of really empathize with them and, and that's what's really cool about it yeah definitely just quickly i've just looked up the ages of julian mcmahon and daniel craig julian mcmahon is literally uh four months younger than daniel craig so um i think oh well if they're looking for a young it's sweet yeah exactly four months he's younger so hey uh why not Uh, the the difference is of course that hashtag McMahon is born neither Neither of them look their age though can we just point that out both Daniel Craig and Julian McMahon are aging very well so uh, yes hashtag McMahon is bond I think we can get that uh, trending as well as hashtag poor Matt and hashtag Julia shouldn't moan absolutely (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah anyway hashtag no moan yeah and so like so we move we move on past the scene obviously and we get to you know the point where you know she's she's back in the office and she's you know starting to to book more surgeries and you know he makes that that comment that they've got a lifetime pro bono now yeah i i like it and kind of you know just a little smirk from christian uh and sean obviously comes up nothing really that can be done and hey uh i mean this this obviously does still like again we've we've mentioned she's in six episodes across the series she does come back into it of course and this whole surgery addiction i guess you would say does you know bookmark this point right now because that does play into it a little bit later on so it's interesting kind of what you were saying before about how they were very um early on they wanted to tie these loose ends up you know with the whole frisky murder investigation coming soon to csi miami um but it's it's kind of it's good how they keep this going is this is a good one that they want to tie loose ends up with with mrs grubman i mean we joke about grace going into the nip tuck abyss at least i feel the nip the mrs grubman character does get a lovely little arc across the series and does get wrapped up quite well eventually when it does get wrapped up yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a character that, you know, it's quite easy to pop up if they're looking for a little scene where they just want to open something up or whatever, you know, with Mrs. Grubman, they can always just kind of add her in there. So, it's, you know, it's quite a useful scene. And, um, you know, we kind of we kind of then go into, you know, Nanette's back in there and being told in person that, no, we, you know, we think you need to see some, get some psychiatric help. And obviously she's got this gun in her purse, which, um, you know, is, it's going to be for a different purpose at the end of the episode. But, um you know, it's kind of been set up like she might shoot Sean. Um, and, you know, they keep zooming in on her hands. This is something they've done the whole episode is, you know, watching what she's doing with her hands, which is obviously the kind of the physical tick which gives away, you know, what she's thinking and, and all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, she she does go a little Well, and again, here. props to, to Lindsay Hollister. For, I mean, I think she just does a scene so well. Like the whole, yeah, as you're saying, the tick with the hands on the bag. And then obviously, you know, she's reaching in the bag. Oh, what she got? It's a pen. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's... It's kind yeah. of interesting going back to what you were saying about, like, why does Grace need to go visit her? Why does Sean need to bring her in? Like, you can cancel her her uh, her surgery over the phone, yet you need to send a psychologist to her house, and then in a bit of a dick move, let's bring her all the way into the thing to get her hopes up, only to say, oh, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you to another doctor. Um, so, like, if I'm Nanette Babcock, I'm pretty pissed. You're getting screwed around. Like, again, as she says, you're wasting my time. Like, well, you kind of are. Just call her over the phone. It's, I mean, it's 2003. They still have phones. Like, they're using landlines a lot. No one uses cell phones, basically, yeah. in 2003. So, they're still using those landlines. Yeah, and I hope they at least gave her a, a petrol voucher at the end of this so that she could claim her expenses back. Because it does seem a lot of running around for no yes. particular purpose. But, one, but, one of those Viagra you know, paperweights like, that we, I think they mentioned yeah, in one exactly, of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
but you know, Sean feels like he's done the right thing. You know, she's asked for the number at the end of the episode, you know, at the end of that exchange, and you know, he feels really good about himself. So he's off home to you know, kind of have a, a nice little moment with Julia, who tells him she's back off to school, and you know, it's all this really nice kind of heart, you know, nice moment going on here with everybody, and um, you know, obviously, and walks Matt, and you know. Sean tries to have a nice moment with him about, you know, how did it go and, you know, is the dick working and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and um, obviously we see Matt kind of, you know, Matt heads up the stairs and, and, and has a little sob session in his bedroom. And, you know, it's all this this kind of facade that things are, are kind of, for this family, heading heading back towards something good. And um, clearly that's, you know, it's all just a show really and things are, are going to get worse, unfortunately. Yeah, um I'll get to the ending in a second. I mean, just I like I like the I think you mentioned in the last episode about uh, Frisky and the fact that they get signed of the Frisky doppelganger, um, which I'm why are there two Friskies when she mentions that one Hisky uh, Frisky <laughs> one's humping Frisky too? Does, does Julia keep the dead body of the other Frisky? Like, what the fuck's going on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's a bit strange. Maybe maybe the the Frisky two that they bought was actually pregnant and now it's having <laughs> sex with with daughter or son. They're, they're a Tasmanian gerbil family. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, the 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 ending. I like. I first of all, this song, "So Damn Beautiful" by Polaroid. This is a song that I downloaded years ago, based off this episode, and I love this song. It's just one of those those songs that. Again, kind of going back to, I think, what I mentioned last episode about, um, you know, when you're in one of those moods and you just want to listen to sort of sad music. like, And this isn't necessarily a sad song. I just kind of think it's the way they use it. It's kind of one of those saddish songs that isn't meant to be sad, but it is sad, if that makes sense. And the way they use it, like, this is a very dark ending to the episode. I think we get a couple of episodes now in a row, really, don't we, where it's it's a dark, sinister ending. And, you know, we get, as you said, Matt having this sort of, you know, bit of a cry. And you just, this is hash tag poor Matt right now. Now it's you feel for him. And then the way we we end it with Nanette killing herself. Um that's that's dark. That is very dark, Ryan Murphy. Um yeah. but it's it's a well, I think, I think Yeah, and I think the thing is that these guys they don't pull their punches and you know you've got to respect the fact that they do that. That there are a lot of shows that wouldn't go here. And, um, you know, these guys are prepared to do it. And I think, you know, that whole music is, is really quite clever in that, you know, they say, you know, don't make the songs too close relating to what's actually happening. There should be a, a level of separation. But this one kind of feels like it's really, really appropriate for this moment, you know, of people, you know, can't see their inner beauty or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, it ends up in really tragic consequences. It, it, I mean, this is a thing which uh, there'll be plenty of episodes where I say this, but... It, there's just so many elements to this show and the music that just really hits close to home to me personally, just with, you know, just so many aspects of it. And, I mean, again, the amount of times I've rewatched this show uh, across my life with so many things that happen in your life when you're watching it over various times. And this is just one of those songs that has just stuck with me, again, related to this show, but I can just relate it outside of this show. And... I, I will be absolutely honest with you. I have no idea of any other music that Polaroid has ever released besides So Damn Beautiful. Um, and it's actually, I believe, um, on the the actual soundtrack that they released, the the one that I was talking about. So uh, if you if you happen to jump onto iTunes or find the official Nip Tuck soundtrack out there somewhere in a in a bargain box uh, in a garage sale or something like that, uh, and you want this, I mean, this song is amazing. So um, yeah, it's again dark ending to an episode. Uh, uh, which becomes a bit of a recurring theme uh, across this show. 
yeah, unfortunately that is the case. But, um, you know, that's what we've come to expect. If, if we couldn't handle it, we wouldn't be doing a retrospective podcast about it, I guess. Very, very true. We, we, are, we are surviving. We're three episodes in. We haven't quit yet, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, well, I guess that brings us to, um, you know, the, the closing of, of our episode here. So, Ben, with this episode, uh, are you uh, you going to buy it, you're going to rent it, or you're going to bin it? Um, I'm on the fence, but I'm purely going to say buy it just for the lesbian cheerleader scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pushes you over the edge. Yes, well, in more ways than one. <laughs> this makes you reach for the tissues. Um, <laughs> and we, we won't say what for. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to follow you there because I think I think it's a buy for me as well. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's for the the lesbian cheerleader scene. I, I think there's a lot going on in this episode, which is, I think it really just hits a lot of the sweet spot in Nip Tuck. You know, it's um, other than a really good gratuitous sex scene, which we don't really get. It pretty much hits all those other points of you know, some crazy kind of um, surgery scenes, some some really emotional moments, um, you know, some some great moments with both Sean and Christian. So I think it kind of hits all the marks. So I think it's a buy for me as well. Yeah. And uh, again, just buying it for the lesbian cheerleader scene. Um, again, I hope you enjoy our episode title card on our website. Yeah, I'm sure everybody will. Well, well, maybe not everybody. <laughs> maybe, maybe. If not, most, um, most. most people, yes, with a pulse. All right. All right, well, that's a wrap. Well, um, thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll be back with uh, Season 1, Episode 4, which is, of course, uh, Sophia Lopez. Uh, but until then, uh, we shall see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.